0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Just so proud of our, our video and graphics people putting that together, too. And that just, they did good stuff there, amen. Well, we're glad you're all here this morning. We're going to get into the word in just a moment. Before that, let me just highlight a couple of things for you, and then we're going to pray and get into the word this morning. Uh, as you've already seen and heard uh, numerous times, we're going to four uh, Sunday morning services. I want to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but this Wednesday, everybody say, This Wednesday. This Wednesday is what we call First Wednesday, and uh, we believe God, and we plan and pray and prepare, uh, believing that to be our, our, our best service, our strongest service of the month, and so I want you to come. What the Lord has put on my heart, and I've been working very hard on, and I believe uh, it's going to be helpful to us, I'm going to be sharing with you about overcoming anxiety, and uh, it's a common, common thing, and uh, it is not talked about near enough, there's wrong stigma on it. And the Bible has much to say about how we can be helped in that. So we want to give you some good perspective. Pray over you. have got some exciting things that go along with that. Uh, in addition to just a fabulous service featuring the whole church family. So that's going to be a wonderful time. So be here. And this will be a great night to bring somebody with you, especially somebody maybe dealing with anxiety or whatever. So come and, come and be a part of that. And then on September 24th, so that's like three weeks away, Uh, We're moving to four Sunday morning services. The reason for that is we didn't have enough to do. No, the reason for that is we're growing. Everybody say we're growing. And and throughout the 28 years of the church, I've always viewed it this way, that, that as we're growing, to me what it is, it's God entrusting us with people. And if he's entrusting us with people, we want to minister to them the best way that we can. Can I get an amen from the people today? That... And that means that you're going to be more and more friendly and more and more helpful and, and, and in every way. So what do we do with more and more people coming? Uh, well, we could do nothing. And what that does, it just frustrates the growth and then it, it goes away on its own. Uh, we could put up signs and wave people away and tell them, don't come, don't come. We don't want you. And I don't think that's pleasing to the heart of God either. Uh, We could add on, and just estimates are just infrastructure, because it's not just seats in here. It's parking, it's hall space, it's room in our children's and youth areas, uh, all the next-gen areas. It's all that space. So to actually add on the infrastructure needed to add on 100 seats, did you know the estimate is about a million dollars per 100 seats? So we could do it that way. Or we could spend almost no money and make room and just add on a service. And so we feel like that is, that is the will of God for us. Amen. So thank you. So we're just asking everybody to, to be plugged in. Go ahead and be praying about that. Be praying about what service you're going to attend. Um, and I just believe this. I know it's how do you get people distributed out evenly. There's no human way to do that that's not oppressive. Uh, But I think there's a great way to do it. And that's each of you just say, Lord, which service would you have us to go to? And I believe you'll be led. I believe you'll be prompted in that. And uh, he'll direct traffic. He's done that for us I don't know how many times. And I believe he'll do that. And then also serve. If you're not serving, please serve. We we need help in a a couple of areas. In particular, our children's ministries. And then also in the parking area. We know that we're going to need some help there. And so, um, you know. Pray about doing that as well. And then invite folks. Share share with your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. God's doing a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, people are hurting. People are hurting. 76% of our county doesn't go to church at all. And 85% of people said they would come to church if somebody would only invite them. And so we're wanting to make space, make room for that to happen. And steward well, and I promise you we're going to put everything that we can into this, believing God to to help us to, to help people and draw them closer to Jesus every, every week. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you stand up with me? We're going to pray together. We have a lot to pray about. Today actually is a day of prayer. It's been called a day of prayer. And I would encourage you, take some time this, after, this afternoon or maybe this evening and take a little prayer walk or whatever and just just pray. There's a lot to pray about across our nation, Texas and so forth. We have a rogue nation right now, North Korea, that is um, just threatening and in some horrible ways. We want to pray about that. There's another storm out in the uh, hurricane, out in the Atlantic, and uh, we're praying that thing dies at sea. And just turns out and dies at sea. And you know what's going on at your house and on your street and across town and your relatives and those kind of things. And this is the great thing. We have a God who hears and answers prayer. And you don't have to be perfect to call out to him. You just have to call out to him with an honest heart. And God will hear that and God will meet you there. So could we, could we seek the Lord? And let's plead God too that every one of us get helped in this service today. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord we love you this morning we thank you just for your incredible immeasurable love for us I'm just honored and I'm humbled I'm amazed at you oh what a savior you are so wonderful and we are grateful today as we have lifted you up in this place Lord we thank you for your presence we prepare our hearts now to listen up to your word there's so many things to pray about there's so much going on but yet you have a people and you have a process of prayer and you said that if your people that are called by your name would humble themselves and pray that you in heaven would hear us and you would help us help us help us across this great land God where there's been tragedy and trauma catastrophe to take place Texas and the other Gulf states affected help them and help the helpers preserve life and give wisdom to our to our leaders. Where there's such political division and a media trying to further divide us racially and so forth, we resist it. And thank you for the love of God to be demonstrated and people to be drawn together and just to recognize the image of God in one another and to be kind. Lord, we pray for our leaders and our military leaders and, in a time of Deciding what strategically, what is the right thing to do with a, with a nation that is irrational. And we pray that the enemy would be confounded and confused and, and just cease in the name of Jesus. Lord, all the things going on in our families, our places of work, our neighborhoods, all those things that are pressing on us. We just lift those up to you this morning. And We say, God Almighty, we trust you. We trust you to be God and show yourself strong on behalf of your people. And, Lord, now as we turn to your holy and written word, I believe that you have wonderful, helpful things for us today. And I'm asking for a fresh, clear, strong anointing to deliver your word the right way so that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased and you would be honored and that these your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen, amen. Help me welcome our internet family, if you will. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. And for all the folks that are coming, too, you need to know that uh, through live stream and Facebook live, uh, I think last week there was like 3,800 people that are watching online. Um, every week and so you know that strikes me you know that strikes me with the responsibility that we do it right do it right keep our hearts right and depend upon God to help us with every effort amen amen, amen. amen. well we're on a series called fixer upper and we're talking about our soul how many of you know that your soul could use some um, fixer up and and <laughs> hadn't that one out yet Our souls need help. You need to pay attention to your soul. Hear me on this. If you don't hear anything else I say today, pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to your soul and what's going on in your soul. Uh, I don't have time to go back and review everything from last week, but you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And what happens in your soul determines how you think, how you feel, how you decide. So if things are wrong, if things are off in the soul, it's going to affect how you think and how you feel, and how you decide. And so you need to monitor that. You need to pay attention to your soul. Don't just say, well, I'm just crabby, that's the way I am. Or I'm just sad, that's just the way I am. No, there's something going on there. Your soul can be freed. Your soul can be restored. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus didn't come just to save us. He came to free us. He came to bring us life that we could have and enjoy to the full. And in the midst of all kinds of other things that are going on, we can literally, literally have celebration in our hearts in the midst of trouble. Because we don't really live here. We're passing through. God is with us and and, uh, much to be said on that. But pay attention to your soul. For you to just say, well, that's just the way I am that's, for, that's the same as you driving around with two flat tires and go, well, my car always has two flat tires. Well, it wasn't designed that way, okay? And it can be fixed. And so that's what we're working on here concerning our souls. So we're going to be looking at some very important conditions, if you will, that happen in our soul and what do we do about those things and how do we guard our soul. Our, our soul needs care, it needs maintenance, it needs protection, it needs restoration. Uh, needs to be monitored. So let's start out in 3 John, chapter 1. There's only one chapter in 3 John, verse 2. And John writes, Beloved, I pray that all all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, real important, I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but it's as it goes well. You almost want to read this backwards. It's as it goes well in your soul, then the other things are going to go well and you'll be in health. The inverse is true. If it's not going well in your soul, it will affect your health. And it will affect, if you'll remember from last week, this little phrase, go well here in the, in the New Testament Greek, means a good journey. Your journey can get sabotaged by what's going on in the soul. So it's super important then that we realize we live actually from the inside out. If you live from the outside in, I just have to say to you, good luck. Good luck. You know, you want, you know, uh, the news you're going to get, the things that are going to happen, the, you know, this didn't happen the way you hoped. All, if, if we let everything circumstantial from the outside, and if you define happiness based on happenings, which is the wrong definition, you're going to be living from the outside in, and it's going to be a mess on the inside. We live from the inside out, and greater is he that is in us Amen. than he that is in the world. Yeah. And where's the life and the light and the power of God? He's chosen for us to be temples, tabernacles of God, and he dwells in us. Amen? Amen. So all that being said, then, I want to move on to a particular area or condition of the soul that we want to pay attention to. I read recently one one, uh, author said of our country that we are the most bored generation in history the most bored generation in history. We're all in a frantic search for entertainment, for something new, for something different, for something bigger, for something better, for something more. We are being consumed by a consumer culture. Uh, We have more options than ever before. And sometimes more options is not good. You know, I like going in and they get an ice cream, we got vanilla and chocolate. And now you go in and it's like, and then some of you, I know what you do. You get the little spoon and you taste them all, <laughs> right? But sometimes more options is not, is not best. We have more channels. We have more flavors. We have more sizes. We have more accessories. We have all of those things going on, more options than ever before. And as you 2 sings, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And what's going on is something in our soul. There's a restlessness. There's something missing in the soul. And we want to address this today. It's an anchor issue. It's a symptom. There's something displaced and there's something misplaced that's going on in our soul. We're wrongly defining some things. We're wrongly focusing on some things. And uh, here's what I want to talk about this morning. Restlessness and discontent. Restlessness and discontent. It's a dangerous condition. Um, It is like inflammation in your soul. It is actually part of curse. If you go back in the the book of Genesis, you find that it's part of curse that you would be restless and and wandering. And we don't want this in our soul when, in fact, we are to be blessed. Um, Pastor Chuck Swindoll said, the itch for more is a virus draining the soul of contentment. So what I want to do this morning as we treat this, if you will, So we fix this up today, you ready for this? There's one thing I want you to know and there's one thing I want you to do. So I'm going to spend our time this morning filling you in on something that you need to know. Everybody say no. No. And then there's one thing I want to help give you some encouragement to do. Everybody say do. And I think as we approach these, I'm promising you, This is going to be life-changing for you, and it's going to help your soul so much. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writes, but I am afraid, he's saying, I am very concerned that just as Eve, remember her? Just as Eve was deceived by the serpents, the serpents cunning, your minds, he's concerned that in the same way, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere And pure devotion to Christ. Here's what Paul is saying. And it's rare that you find Paul so concerned. That the emphasis of this is very, very strong. He is super concerned because of this. He's revealing to us that the same way that the serpent deceived Eve. How many of you know that was the game changer? The same way that he approached Eve is the same way that he will try to deal with us. So let's go back to the book of Genesis and find out a little bit more about that. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, there he is again, the one who deceives. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And you know that he embodied the serpent. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, and watch what he's doing. He's questioning God's word. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Watch this, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. See what he's doing? He's minimizing what God said. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what he's doing, first of all, and he still does it, the enemy tries to minimize God's work. See, if we minimize the authority, the truth, the power of God's word, then you're off base because that's our truth. But the thing that's happening right here is temptation is occurring. That's the context here. And this temptation is caused by, you ready? Discontent. Discontent and dissatisfaction. Let me ask you again. Where is discontent? In the soul. In the soul. Um, Question how do you tempt someone who's in a perfect setting how do you tempt someone who has no needs who everything is complete how do you that's that's what eve was living in paradise actually paradise ruined by sin as a result of that temptation is what all the rest of the bible is about and the work of jesus coming is to restore it again garden To garden, tree to tree, river to river, all the way through. And so what's happening back here, how do you tempt somebody in a perfect setting, a perfect situation? How do you do it? Well, this is what happened. He, the serpent, convinced Eve, who had everything, that she didn't have everything. And that God was somehow holding out on her dissatisfaction, discontent, wondering. Um, So if that's how he tempted Eve in a perfect setting, how do you think he's going to try to tempt you? In the same way, discontent. There's something that's actual, a real deal, social anxiety is called FOMO. It's fear of missing out. Not a new thing. We, I just read it to you out of the book of beginnings, Genesis. From the very beginning, a fear of missing out. And I'm very concerned because I see it increasing with each generation. More and more of a fear of missing out. And it keeps them com- from committing to things and stewarding things and developing things um, like they really, really could. So, let's look at this. Discontent, restlessness that happens in the soul. It manifests in dissatisfaction and unhappiness and anxiety and distraction and then we start to grumble and then we start to complain never grumble or complain hear me that's anti what god wants for you he even wrote in first corinthians chapter 10 he said that those who grumble and complain will be destroyed by the destroyer you actually get in the wrong line when you become a complainer When you become a grumbler Hey, I've taken a lot of flights And a lot of them have gotten delayed And then you have to reroute You know, trips and stuff And I've stood in line waiting for that to happen And I hate being in the line with grumblers I decide I'm going to be a light God's got me He knows where I'm at I am not stranded in Atlanta God is with me And other people are going to end up Locked up in Atlanta Are 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 you hearing me? So don't get in the wrong line and become a grumbler or a complainer. But it is a manifestation. It's a symptom of being discontent, restless, and dissatisfied. And remember, again, all of this happens in the soul. And it must be dealt with. It must be dealt with. I highlighted this in in red in my notes here. If you don't deal with, get this. If you don't deal with discontent and restlessness... If you don't deal with it, get this, you will ruin what you have trying to get what you think you want. If you don't deal with discontent and restlessness, you will ruin what you have trying to get what you think you need, what you think you want. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. How many families? How many marriages? How many good names? How many, how many uh, businesses? How many endeavors? How many all kinds of things? Because of discontent, you end up ruining something that you have or not stewarding well what you have. Not taking care of what you have because there's something else. The grass is greener somewhere else, which is another lie. Amen. Let me just sidestep real quick here and hit something else called EQ. Everybody say EQ. It's your emotional quotient. It's your emotional intelligence. It really has to do with self-awareness. And it really has to come, it comes from, you ready? It comes from your soul. It's an awareness of your personality. It's an awareness of how people respond to you. It's an awareness of when you come in the room, do you change anything? And what changes? You know, that you're, you have a self-awareness It also is this, that you're aware of the process, you're aware of what's going on around you in this sense, too, that, hey, I may not be in an ideal situation, but I can still be happy, I'm still okay, I can be productive. You know, sometimes it happens like this, people are in a job that that's not really the job they want, but here's here's the thing, that's where you are. And you need to have enough healthy EQ coming out of your soul. It's like, hey, this may not be what I ultimately want to do or do forever, but it's where I'm at. And I can be healthy. I can be productive. I don't have to be a tail dragger, mumbler, you know, show up late and not put myself in my work. No, you're to bloom where you're planted. God knows where you are, where you are. Call upon (laughs) him to help you. you. Work hard, show up, be energetic, be part of it all. Because listen, you know, some people have this mindset. Well, I really don't want a job unless it's in my passion. <clears throat> That's precious. <clears throat> You're going to go hungry. I'm waiting till it's in my passion. You don't understand the process. You have to be faithful and little. So God can trust you with much. You have to be faithful in what is someone else's so that God can trust you with your own. You have gifts. You have talents. You have passions that God gave you. But you have to go through the process of learning the, the bumps, the, the hard times, the, the leaning into it so that you know. And so you gain the strength and so you gain the character. So don't forfeit the process because I'm waiting on something that fits me. Nothing's going to fit you. Amen. That's right. Nothing will fit you in that way. So, and that discontent robs people of the process that will help them to maximize who they are and their character and their gifts and their talents. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope that landed where it needed to today. So, all right, let's keep going. <clears throat> Alright, so there's something I want you to know, something I, I want you to do. And it's not about me wanting you to do it. I want it for you because I know what it will do for you. In Philippians chapter 4, the apostle Paul writes, Not that I was ever in need. Watch carefully, every word counts. For I have learned how to be content. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Here it is. I have learned how to be content with 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 what? I, I didn't hear you. What? that you've got to be kidding me that he learned how to be content with with whatever I have verse 12 I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything you know why? because he's a couponer (coughs) I'm just joking I didn't tell the other services this but the other day I had the real testing of my faith and patience I got in a line at the grocery store I thought was very, very short. I thought I'd be out of here in no time. And then she whips out her file cabinet. <coughs> it's not in the Bible, but write it in the front part. Never get in line behind a couponer, okay? Just, just, just saying. All right, back to our program. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned, look, 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 I have learned the secret of living. The message paraphrase says, I have found the recipe. I've learned the secret, I've found the, the recipe, the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Here's the secret. You ready? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Read it, read it, read it. Here's the secret. Here's the secret. This is what I want you to know, okay? Read it with me. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. There's the secret. There's the recipe. There's the secret sauce right there that helps us to be content no matter what is going on. He said, I learned to be content no matter what. I've learned the secret. I've found the recipe. So here's what I want you to know. I'm just going to make it as simple as possible. Here's what you we know, Jesus equals source. Jesus is my source. Go ahead and say it. Jesus is my source. That's what you have to know. Listen, church, that's what you have to know. Don't be little religious pitter-patter, whatever. I'm trying to describe this here. I mean, grab a hold of this and realize what I need to know for my soul, for my life, is Jesus is my source. He's my everything. He has no lack. He has no weakness. There's no gaps in his care. Are you hearing me? Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him who's head over all principality and power. There's no one greater than him. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Second Peter chapter 1 says this, that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. John chapter 15, Jesus said this, for without me you can do nothing, you know nothing, you have nothing, you are nothing. But the secret, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to know this. Jesus is my source. He's my sole source of supply. So whatever comes your way, if you're going to stay content, if you're going to guard your soul in this way, you have to know this. Jesus is my everything. Say that with me this morning. Jesus is my everything. And not religious Jesus. Not that Jesus, I remember going to Sunday school and seeing this picture of Jesus in a starched white robe holding up a little lamb. He looked very disturbed. He looked strained holding that lamb. And as a little kid, I'm thinking, you know, I would never tell him my problems. He's going through a lot right now. So I'm not talking about religious Jesus. I'm talking about the Alpha, the Omega, the Eternal Creator, Redeemer. who could take on the cumulative sins of the world and be nailed to the cross and put away sin, death, hell, and come back and reign forever. I'm talking about that Jesus. That Jesus. He's my everything. He's my source. I got bad news in the mailbox. Jesus is my source. I got this voicemail. It's troubling. Jesus is my source. The doctor just said this. This just happened. I just heard about this. Look what's coming my way. Jesus is my source. Say it again. Jesus is my source. You've got to know that. And when you know that, when you know that, then you can deal with this. When you know that, you can deal with that. So this is what we have to know. Say it again. Jesus is my source. Now, let me shift gears here just for a moment and get to what we need to do. Um, Alicia and I have five kids. And yesterday, my oldest daughter's birthday, she turned 29, Elise, and she lives in, I call her PC Pie. She lives in Nashville, and she's an author and a wife and a mommy of an incredible cat, and she's just amazing. (laughs) She's amazing. And I told her so yesterday. And I just shout out to my PC Pie. Um, but all five of my kids, I, I just really am so proud of my kids. And when we started raising kids, we didn't know what to do. You know, I remember like, I hope we can do this. I didn't know if I would get them through first grade. You know, it's like, I don't know what this takes, really. And God has been good to us. And um, they're growing up and becoming just some, some good, good people in the earth. Uh, but along the way, because they're human and because they're kids... Uh, and I was trying to recall this. I'm pretty much sure every one of them said this to me that I'm about to say to you, but they never said it many times because of how I dealt with it. But sometimes they'd come to me, Daddy, I'm bored. And I'd go, bless your heart. Because you have nothing And I guess that toy the other day at the store that you said, if I get this, I'll never ask for another thing. You remember? remember? I guess that turned out to fail. You know? Bless your heart. You have nothing. I played with rocks, sticks, and bugs. Okay? (laughs) Had a blast. Well, here's what I would tell them. Here's what I would tell them. I'm bored. I go, no, you're spoiled. And then I would challenge them to do something. I would say, go peek. Go be creative and go be grateful. Go be creative and go be grateful. Now, let me share a principle with you, and I've shared it before. The difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being grateful. Let's read it. Let's read it together. Hey, if you're raising kids or if you're still a kid yourself, you need reminded of this. Read it with me. The difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being grateful. And so sometimes you have to remind them and remind yourself. I would say this to the kids: a happy meal or whatever. And if they didn't say thank you, I go, and the and the thankful children said, Oh, uh, thank you, thank you, Daddy. Why is this so important? Because if you read, just for example, in Romans chapter 1, get this. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. That's when the whole thing went downhill, when people stopped thanking God. Romans chapter 1, next step. That's what happened with our culture. That's what happens with lives when you stop being grateful. And here's what gratitude does for you. Hold on. Here's what gratitude does for you. It heightens your awareness... That God is active and present in your life. So I told you what you need to know that Jesus is source. Here's what you need to do. You ready? You need to show active gratitude. Come on, say it with me. Active gratitude. I'm talking about overboard, obnoxious, active gratitude. You look at First Chronicles real quick. First Chronicles, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the world know what he has done. Listen, because we're almost in a deficit in this and because I know what it will do for our soul and for our families, you need to show active gratitude. Say it again. Show active gratitude and be overboard about it. Overboard. Anybody thankful for water? Anybody thankful for clean water? Yes. Anybody thankful for hot water? Yes. Cold water? Yes. That the water keeps running? Yes. It was a year and a half, two years or ago, so ago. I'm, I'm getting ready for church. I'm in the shower and the water stopped. And I'm all lathered up. <laughs> what do you do? So, you know, I'm, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. I got here this morning. I remembered how to get here. Seriously, I'm going to eat today. I'm going to eat within an hour. Come on, that's a good place for an amen, right here. We're we're going to eat. We're going to have a choice of food today. We've we've we have clothes. We have we have more than enough clothes. I'm thankful too that I have clothes that halfway fit me right. Because I remember when I had clothes that my mom said, you're going to wear it because your Aunt Marilyn got it for you. Everybody say, I'm grateful. grateful. Sorry, y'all had to see that. Listen, a grateful soul is a happy, healthy, content soul. A grateful soul. Amen. Amen. So be grateful for every good thing. Be grateful for every good thing. Look for them. I mean, be overboard about it. You don't have to bug everybody else about it, but you be over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And don't just think your thanks. It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks, Hebrews says. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And thank the people around you. Hold the door for you. Give you a break in traffic. Serve you at lunch. Whatever it would be. Thank them. Thank them. Thank them. For every good thing, give thanks. But then the Bible says, for everything, give thanks. Now, if you don't study that out, you're going to end up thanking God for some things I'm really not thankful for. How many of you have had some things happen or things present in your life before? I'm not thankful for that. Technically, what the Scripture says is give thanks for. That word for means over, above, and beyond. So it's like while that's going on, you're thanking God over that. You're not losing gratitude in your soul while something undesirable is going on in your life. So I'm thankful in everything, during everything. I will remain grateful to God no matter what comes my way. This name will mean something to some of you Matthew Henry. There's the Matthew Henry Commentaries of the Bible, and he was born back in 1662 died in 1714. One time, Matthew Henry got mugged and robbed. I want you to hear what he wrote in his diary. He said, let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, let me be thankful that although they took my purse, they did not take my life. Third, let me be thankful because although they took my all, It was not that much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. I hope I could be that thankful. What do I want you to know? Jesus is everything. He's your source. You have to know that. You have to know that. And watch what will happen. And what is it I want you to do? Show active gratitude. And look how there will, it's this power cycle that happens. When I know that Jesus is my source, I'll start to thank him. And if I'll just thank him, active gratitude, that heightens my awareness that he is my source. And when I'm aware of his source, that he's my source, I thank him for everything in my life, and then that makes me aware that he's my source. And it goes round and round. And do you know what it does? That then, then, no matter what comes your way, if it's easy or if it's impossible, if it's something you expected or something unforeseen, if something where you have plenty or you have lack, here's what he's your source, active gratitude in your life. And the result of that, you not know, be a complainer. You won't have inflammation in your soul. You won't be discontent and restless. You'll have a healthy, happy, content soul. And that's what God wants for us. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.